So, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but apparently there is now a Halloween Kills trailer out. Huh. I guess we should talk about it. six months or so, so I guess it's time for the Hanfield Report to come back. Uh, hey guys, sorry for the uh, delay, if you name it. If it was a big uh, event in life, it, it probably happened for me. Uh, you know, I'm talking to you now from a new house, and you know, it was just, uh, it was an interesting spring, but uh, it's, it's good to be back. Thank you. If you are listening, I know at this point it's kind of like, huh, when is this guy going to show up? Well, when I can. Uh, and obviously, when they release a Halloween Kills trailer, I gotta be here. We gotta talk about it. Uh, you know, I, I heard from a couple of you who wanted to hear uh, my take on it. So I thought, all right, let's jump back into it. Let's talk about this trailer. And there is a lot to talk about. Um, you know, you know how I am. I, I think we're just gonna kind of walk through. I kind of took notes as I was watching the trailer, kind of some, some big picture takeaways. Uh, and so I think we'll kind of just go through that way, <clears throat> see see what comes up then. Uh, but, you know, big picture, I am thrilled, thrilled about what I saw. Um, you know, overall, I am super excited for this movie. I, as I've been saying, I am way more excited for Halloween Kills. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. I was really excited for Halloween 2018. I think the difference here is that uh, I was disappointed in Halloween 2018, and I don't get the sense I'm going to be disappointed by this one. Again, I think Halloween, uh, you know, 2018 was just marketed poorly. I think it was marketed, unfortunately, as the quintessential follow-up to the 1978 original, and that's really not what it was. And so I went into it expecting it to be directed just like the original, to feel like the original, um, you know, to have that sense of suspense, to show Michael stalking, to have uh, that similar aesthetic and cinematography, and it, it didn't. And I shouldn't have expected that. I, you know, that wasn't fair. There's only one John Carpenter. There's only one Halloween 1978. Um, but, you know, now I know what David Gordon Green is doing. I know what his aesthetic is. I know what his take on Michael Myers is, I know what his take on Hanfield is, uh, and, and, you know, I, I have a more realistic perspective, and so I think that has informed, you know, the way I'm feeling about this movie and the way I feel about this trailer, but, you know, at this point, I've gone from expecting that sort of suspense-heavy, you know, carpenter, artsy approach, instead to expecting, you know, fuck yeah, Michael, let's get some kills in there, and, and I, think, I think that's fun. Um, and, and I'm, you know what, after this long delay, um, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Uh, and, and I'm excited that I think we're going to have some content to talk about here as, as we're leading up to Halloween Kills. So that's always cool. But we'll kind of walk through the, the, the notes that I took as I watched the trailer and kind of pick some things apart. I will say, just to get this out of the way at the start, Bloomhouse makes movies on, on what they call micro-budget, $10, $10 million at most, which 
you know, f for the scale of the Halloween franchise, um, you know, and what they're trying to do here, 10 million is, is a tight budget. Um, with that, <laughs> the CGI fire just bothers me a little bit. Uh, the house is obviously not actually burning. And there's a shot of Michael where he's emerging from the fire, and it should be badass, but the bad CGI just takes me out of it. Uh, I, I'm i being a little picky, and that's only a small part of the movie, thankfully, but just have to point that out, that, like, right away, that's the first thing that I see. And I don't know if that bothers anybody else, but it kind of bothers me. Okay. But then we get into, honestly, the best part of the trailer, right there at the beginning, is the firefighter sequence. First of all, just have to address this big question which is, there's a lot of controversy, which I kind of find surprising. Um, you know, oh, they showed too much. Where have you been? Where have you been? First of all, Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse spoils so much of their movies in the trailers. And Jason Bloom knows it. He has talked about, uh, you know, the, the fact that... Um, did I say Jason Blum? Jason Blum. Okay, anyway. Um, he's talked about the fact that he is marketing these movies to a teenage audience that, honestly, he finds he can win over by spoiling the movie. It makes him more money to show a lot of stuff off. Uh, I don't know where people have been, you know. he. This is just what they do. However, I don't think they showed too much. Uh, this sequence was the one thing where I felt like they showed a lot of it, and I think maybe if some of it would have been kept under wraps, it would have been uh, a fucking awesome surprise to see it in theaters and be like, oh my gosh. But again, I it's not like they showed Michael killing Lori or something like that. You know, I don't I don't think there was any major revelation. And maybe if I go back through and watch it 52 times and freeze frame it and look closely okay, then yes, maybe I will spoil it. And I think maybe some people on YouTube have tried to do that. I've seen some some thumbnails that suggest that people are trying to look for, for major spoilers in the trailer. Why would you go looking for it? I don't think anything too big is there. Um, you know, yeah, there are some deaths, but like this is a slasher movie and they've also promised this is going to be uh, perhaps a record-setting body count. So I, d I don't... I don't get what's being spoiled, but okay. Um, but let's talk about that firefighter sequence because I am so damn excited for this. It looks like David Gordon Green um, and, and Danny McBride, who I assume is still involved, watched something like that Halloween 6, you know, the, the hospital uh, massacre where, where they're in the um, surgery, you know, doing surgery, and he goes in there and wipes them out. Just brutal. It looks like they watched that scene and were like, okay, let's top it. And that is awesome. This looks absolutely epic. But let's also point something out, right? It's not it's not just, you know, epic in that way. And it's not just going to be amazing to see on the big screen as Michael just wipes out this team of firefighters with these cool weapons. But it also looks like an insanely well-directed sequence. Um... I really, in particular, and I was, honestly, I was thinking about this uh, a couple of weeks before I saw the trailer. Look at how first-person point of view is going to be used here. Do you see that? 
Um, you know, I was thinking about how in slasher movies and in Halloween movies, right, there is this, this sort of um, trope of using the subjective point of view to put the viewer in the killer's shoes. Obviously, in 1978, you know, you have, we're in the shoes of, of Michael as a boy, which is effective because if it's your first time seeing it, you don't know he's a boy. Obviously, you watch, like, the Friday the 13th movies, and as Joe Bob Briggs says, the camera is always the killer. Watch out for the camera, right? We are always in the killer's shoes. But I've wondered, why don't we use that to put ourselves in the victim's shoes more often? Wouldn't that be terrifying? Uh, and, and so, yeah, that just feels like a huge missed opportunity for a lot of these movies to see the David Gordon Green. Um, it looks like he's going to put us in the shoes of a firefighter who's being massacred by Michael Myers. Um, I, that's amazing. Why have we not done that sooner? I think that's one of the things I really appreciate. Even if I didn't like the humor of Halloween 2018, even if I didn't think it had enough suspense, David Gordon Green is the most respectable filmmaker to work on this franchise since John Carpenter. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's awesome to see somebody who has that sort of directing ability running the show. One other note, and I think this ends up being a microcosm for why I'm excited about Halloween Kills and why I think my expectations are more realistic this time. Um, I talk a lot on this podcast about you know, in these movies, you have this scale between badass and scary. And I think Halloween 1978 is the one that is truly scary. I think Halloween 2 from 1981 is is uh, is somewhat scary, although it's moving more in that badass direction with some of the kills. Uh, you get to Halloween 4, and we're, we're like Terminator Michael, and, and it's, it's definitely badass. Halloween 5 is just dog shit. Halloween 6, badass. You even have like that kind of hard rock edge to the... The theme music, um, you know, you get to H2O, <laughs> Michael's kind of just a, a dork in that one. I, I, I don't love that, but, you know, I guess they were trying to go for scary. I, I just don't think it effective at all. Resurrection, dog shit. You get Halloween, you know, the Rob Zombie movies, badass, not scary. You know, he's just this huge hulking giant going around and killing people off in these brutal ways. Um... This movie is going for badass, and I am all for it. That's fine. If they want, you know, because here's the thing. You think about the badass movies. I think I think the most badass Michael that we've gotten is, is Halloween 6, Halloween 4. Both of those are flawed movies. Halloween 4, mostly because of the mask. Halloween 6, even though I love the movie, it's, it's not a good movie. Um... I, I think what they want to do here is make, like, a, a real badass Michael Myers movie, but do it well. And I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Again, I'm not expecting that 1978-level stuff, right? I'm not expecting scary. This time, you know, last time I feel like I got badass. For the most part, I think the humor sometimes took that edge away. Uh, and I'm hoping this time it doesn't. This time, I am just, I'm expecting a ton of badass. I'm ready to just show up to the theater, eat my popcorn, and watch Michael just take people out in the most brutal ways possible. And that is fine by me. I think that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I do hope that one day somebody is going to return to that 1978 level of scary, to make a scary Halloween movie. 
Um, and maybe they will with Halloween ends, who knows? But for now, this looks like a shit ton of fun, and I'm on board. Uh, one thing I don't like, this comes uh, shortly after the firefighter stuff, I don't like Michael just crashing through the window, you know, using his arm, grabbing somebody, and smashing their head against the wall. It's just, it's a retread of what you did in Halloween 2018. That was literally one of, like, the big marketed moments that was in the trailers and the TV spots where he grabs Lori through the nonsensical, you know, glass window and her door that she has, even though she's super prepared for him to show up. Um, you know, we saw that a million times, and it's in the movie. And yes, it's great. But it's great if you do it once. I, I feel like you're trying to make it a thing, like this is one of his signature moves. I, I don't really want them to make it a thing. Uh, whatever. Um... I do like the fluorescent light kill, though. That's that's kind of that's kind of gnarly. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit for one thing that I notice in the scene. I see. I guess maybe that's the husband of uh, the woman who we saw as. I I'm thinking she was like the graveyard caretaker uh, in Halloween 2018. Awesome. I'm noticing that there are a lot of little characters, like the 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 couple that was leaving. Uh, the, I think the husband was dressed like a doctor and the wife was dressed like a nurse. Um, I saw the wife, the, the nurse, right? I think she was killed by Michael. I'm assuming that was her. Awesome to see that they're taking these minor players from the first movie and returning to them and killing them off. I like that level of attention to detail, which often has not been here in this franchise throughout the years. It just hasn't. Um, it's cool to see <clears throat> that they've built this world, they've fleshed out these characters, created new characters, and even the little ones they're bringing back to do intentional things with. It's not like they were just throwaways. And I think one of the things that will serve this trilogy well is that they have time and space, you know, to, to flesh out these characters in ways that make us care about them more than any of the other movies did. So like, you know, every slasher movie has its cheap cannon fodder, like, obviously this person is just here to get killed off. And sure, right? We It's not like we have any emotional attachment to that graveyard, you know, caretaker. But we're familiar with her enough that I think that death is going to be a little more like, ugh, than it would have been if it were just somebody we were first introduced to and was in the movie for 90 seconds only to get killed off. In that case, who cares? We're just there for the kill. And, you know, we're kind of just here for the kill anyway. But I do think there's a part of our brain that's going to be like, ugh, I recognized her. Okay. It hurts just a little more because of that. And I think what's going to serve the movie well, again, is that you have these more major characters who are sticking around and being developed over the course of a three-movie arc. That is exactly what I think this movie, um, what this, this trilogy needs. Because I don't think they were all developed well in Halloween 2018. You know, Allison was just there. Karen was annoying. Cameron was just a little prick. And so I think, you know, at, at a certain point, if Halloween 2018 were a standalone, that were it, then it's a, it's a failure in storytelling and in developing characters. But because we have this trilogy, I get the sense that, that these characters are going to grow on us in a way that uh, is pretty impressive. And I think it's great to see because the other movies 
really didn't take their time with characters. You think about characters who were brought back and then just absolutely mishandled. Um, you know, just, I don't know. You, you think about Rachel um, being brought back in Halloween 5 and then we all know what happened there. And so I, I think I think it is a testament to David Gordon Green that he is trying to do something here um, that the other movies should have done well and hopefully he will do well but he has the opportunity to actually develop a solid base of characters who will be, uh, you know, a bigger and more regular presence than most of the characters were in the original movies when it was kind of just one-off things and we didn't fully care about everybody. Okay. Um, one more note, because, you know, I mentioned that fluorescent light kill. Probably the weirdest thing about David Gordon Green's take on Halloween is that he built this up like it was going to be the, the follow-up to the 1978 original. But everything that I see him doing makes me think that he likes the Rob Zombie movies. It makes me think that he was like, man, I like that aesthetic. I like that approach. I like the level of badass there. I just want to polish it up a little bit and put a little bit more carpenter into it. Like, I feel like that's what this whole thing has been. Uh, the setting that he's chosen, the, the aesthetic, it, it owes so much more to Rob Zombie than it owes to John Carpenter. There's stuff in this trailer that, like, the, the fluorescent, uh, fluorescent light kill, I, I would believe you if you had told me that that was in one of Rob Zombie's movies and I just missed it. But I, I, I don't know. I find this very interesting. Uh, I don't know if he said anything. I'm going to do some research. I don't know if he said anything in interviews about his uh, his feelings about the Rob Zombie movies. Um, and and my guess is that what I saw in 2018 uh, would suggest that he doesn't agree with Rob Zombie's vision of Michael Myers. Uh, you know, especially the die. But uh, I don't I don't know. I see a lot of influence there. It's kind of interesting. Um. Another little nod to another movie in the franchise, Silver Shamrock Masks. Always a much appreciated touch, especially for me. Halloween 3 is one of my favorite movies of all time. As you know, you heard me just absolutely go on and on and on about that damn movie in my podcast. Um, you know, this reference is far less subtle than it was in Halloween 2018 when it was kind of a blink-and-you-miss-it uh, reference. I do want to point one thing out, though. Um... I think this is these masks are, are different. It looks to me like they're on adults and not on children as they were in uh, 2018. So um, I heard somebody say, oh my gosh, he killed the kids. I don't think he killed the kids. I think it's other people wearing the masks. And, you know, again, maybe Silver Shamrock is a bigger thing in this universe and many people have the masks. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I don't think he killed the kids there. Uh, okay. Oh, just one other word on that. I, I hope, because those shots, they're chilling. I hope that we are going to get plenty of, like, suspense being built by giving us time, um, to watch the characters following and finding Michael's trail of destruction. I think there is something really chilling about that. But speaking of the trail of destruction, anybody who follows Dave McRae, this is a question for you. Does Halloween Kills strike anyone else as oddly similar 
to Dave McCrae's concept idea where they're hunting Michael and the trail of bodies leads them back to the Myers house. Uh, you know, maybe there's only so much you can do with this franchise. Maybe there are only so many places you can take it. Maybe it's, it's logical that the final outcome is going to be that you end up at the Myers house. But I just kind of find it interesting. Um, go and watch his, his concept idea. I think his concept idea was for a sequel to Halloween 2018 um, to just end it. You know, I, I think he was a believer in don't make it a trilogy, just end this thing. Uh, obviously, they're not doing that. But like, yeah, okay, there's, there's certain stuff that I'm sure they won't do. But there are some interesting parallels there. I, again, just find it interesting. Uh, but, you know, again, it's definitely what I wanted to see them do. Uh, I remember thinking that I wished that Halloween 2018 ended at the Myers house. It didn't end it at, at Lori's compound. Um, and part of me wonders if they had a thought in the back of their mind that they wanted to make more movies, and that's why they saved it. Um, but I think in some way we all wanted to see uh, a Myers house confrontation. Okay, then I have some notes here, because I think what this movie promised was that its approach was going to be a mix of Halloween 2 from 2018 and Halloween 4. You know, you have the hospital stuff, Lori's in the hospital, you have the Hanfield Memorial, but you also have the Hanfield lynch mob storyline. My takeaway from this trailer is that I'm not getting a very big Halloween 2 feeling here at all. Um, maybe it's just deceptive trailer editing, but I'm hearing about Michael leading them on a trail to the Myers house. I'm seeing Lori leaving the hospital. And I'm kind of thinking Michael isn't going to Hanfield Memorial in this movie. I just, I don't get the sense that we're actually going to see him there. I get the sense that Lori is going to be sidelined there for a little bit. And, you know, that is a convenient way to get Karen and Allison to get more screen time to be developed as, as stronger characters. Um, you know, which they didn't have as much of because I think 2018 focused more on Lori. Um, but like, I think she's going to be leaving there and, and the movie's moving on. I, I don't get the sense that the hospital is going to play a huge role. I think maybe the mob is going to show up and destroy some, some shit, but I, I, I don't think we're going to see Michael there. Um, and I'm, I'm torn about that. Because, you know, on one hand, yes, it could have been cool. And I, I really, I wanted to see David Gordon Green do that Halloween 2, that Haddonfield Memorial, you know, Michael versus Lori in the hospital um, type thing. I think that's cool. But also, it's been done. Uh, I think Rob Zombie gave us what I would consider the definitive version of that, to be honest. Even if it was a dream sequence, I prefer to think of it as a flashback. Uh, and, you know... The hospital setting, it, it's a dangerous choice in that it's an easy way to have a plot that goes nowhere. You know, if she's just sitting in a hospital bed like she was in 1981, it could get boring. So, you know, in the end, they're going to do something different with this, I think. I think, I think that'll be okay. Now, as, as far as the Halloween 4 element of this story goes... I definitely see that here. Definitely see that. Um, you know, especially with uh, Tommy Doyle leading his own little gang. I think I think that looks really cool. Um, but I'll be interested to see how they handle all this angry mob stuff. I don't mean Tommy Doyle and his gang. I mean like that angry mob that's like trying to push over the ambulance. 
again, makes me think they're going to destroy some shit at, at Haddonfield Memorial. Um, I'm just not sure what to expect and, and how to feel about that, that angry mob. Because remember, as I say, a horror movie, it needs despair to be effective. If everybody is fighting back, I don't know, does the despair go away? Also, not to overthink this, but that is a huge mob. If they all moved collectively and they found Michael and they took him on collectively, I know he's the shape. I know he took out a couple of firefighters outside of, of Lori's house. But like, if you had that many people, it looks like a large fraction of the town. I mean, couldn't they subdue and arrest him at least? Anyway, I'm overthinking that. But I expect that the mob won't be around a ton in this movie. I also expect that they're going to be incompetent because otherwise I think that they could probably do the job here. Um, but remember, right, I think the idea is that they're supposed to be more destructive than productive. David Gordon Green wants this movie to be an allegory for mob mentality and, and the spreading of misinformation through the media. Um, and so I, I think that's what we're going to get. And by the way, it, it seems apparent to me that he wants all of his movies in this trilogy to have some political undertones. If he can do it in a subtle manner, like he did in Halloween 2018, you know, where I could just enjoy it as a movie, um, and, and I don't have to see everything as, you know, some preachy political piece of propaganda, then, then that's fine. And again, I, I hope people handle it uh, artfully and tactfully. I, I think he will. Okay, two final notes that I have here on the trailer. Uh, first of all, we have this line from Lori that it, it made me do a little bit of a double take the first time I watched this trailer. I'll be honest with you. The line, Michael Myers is flesh and blood, but a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Okay. Um, the first time I listened to this, I did a double take because I was like, wait, you had a whole movie in 2018 where you were building up the fact that it's not supernatural, he's not her brother, this is like just a guy who's a killer and that's scary. And that's cool, right? That's, you know, I think it demystified him a little bit, but cool, fine. This almost sounded like it was adding a little bit of that mystique and that supernatural edge back. Then I thought about it a little more. I don't know if I'm prepared to say that. If anything, it's a little bit of a confusing contradiction. Michael Myers is flesh and blood, okay, which would suggest to me that he's human. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. So he's not a man. Okay, so he's a man, but a man couldn't have survived that fire. Don't quite get that. Um, and then she says, the more he kills, the more he transcends. Okay, so is he a man or not? Like, that says to me that maybe there's an open door for that, like, supernatural look. What I like about it is that I think it's kind of vague. I think maybe it's an attempt to demystify a little bit, and I hope it'll work. But in the end, the more I listen to it, the more I really like it. Because you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like a dramatic Dr. Loomis line. And hell yeah, that's what I want. Uh, you know, it... 
if Lori is kind of that Dr. Loomis on the sidelines spouting dramatic lines about Michael in this movie, I will be fine with that. I will be fine with that. This line, you know, you just, you think about the great Loomis lines, even in fucking Halloween 5. I knew that hell would not happen. Let's get that sense of drama and, and gravitas on the side here. And, and I think that line will, will help to do it. So a little confusing. There are some contradictions in it. Maybe it's just, you know, fancy talk. Isn't that what, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm wrong, but isn't that what, what Brackett says about Lewis? More fancy talk. Uh, you know, maybe it's just that dramatic fancy talk that, that people seem to get after they come to know Michael, but listen, I, I like it. And the last thing is that we get glimpses of what seems to be the confrontation at the end of the movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, maybe this is deceptive editing, and maybe this is not in Act 3. Maybe this is the end of Act 2, and there's stuff that we're not seeing here. But knowing Blumhouse, I just don't get the sense. I think that's the end of the movie. You get this Halloween 4 callback. Cameron is acting like Brady. Um, you know, obviously not with the shotgun, but, you know, fine, whatever, acting like Brady, and you have Allison who's fighting Michael. Um, I think that is an awesome moment where he has the, the knife, he's, he's preparing to, to stab her, and, and she's saying, do it, you know, um, which is all bluster, because if you wanted him to do it, you would just, let it anyway, um, but like, I really like what I'm seeing there, because remember that last time, Allison was just there, she was running through the woods while Lori was taking on Michael. Um, now, in this movie, I think she's going to be the star. And I think that's the way that it should have been. You need to inject new blood into this thing. I've heard from a ton of Halloween fans who love these movies, who are getting to a point where they're like, yeah, it's time to move on from Lori. Let's also recognize, let's get audiences used to not seeing Lori in a movie. Because uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude here, but Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to live forever. And so, you know, this is her last rodeo. Let's get audiences used to seeing some new faces, some new heroes taking on Michael. It's going to make for a better franchise. Uh, you know, I think, I think this will be great. I think it will be great to see development of non-Lori characters. Uh, it prevents us, <clears throat> you know, from, from being tied down to the same old, same old. Um, I like all of that. I think, I think that's going to be really good stuff. The one thing that I don't like seeing here at the end uh, is Karen yelling, you want your mask? Come and get it. And she's holding the mask. Okay, two reasons I don't like that. First of all, I still don't think I'm going to like Karen. I, we'll see. I've heard that this movie is going to redeem some of the characters we don't like. I'm thinking maybe Cameron is, is who they have in mind there. I, I feel like they tried to redeem Karen at the end of Halloween 2018 with that gotcha moment, which is badass, but like in this movie, what's she going to be like? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but also, here's what I don't like. I think this is the final confrontation. It suggests to me that he's going to get his mask knocked off. Um, the last time that there was a fight with Michael and he didn't have a mask on, it was that bathroom scene in 2018. And the way it was filmed was, sorry, but it was horrible. It was like the, the, the blind man from Don't Breathe fighting some journalists, right? And so... 
it makes me a little nervous that the final confrontation, maybe, of this movie is going to feature the blind man from Don't Breathe fighting Karen and Allison. I feel like that's going to be a little disappointing. Um, we'll see, right? We'll see how that goes. But again, overall, I cannot say it enough. I am hyped for this movie. I think it was a great trailer. I think it did exactly what it needed to do. Uh, I'm not going to watch any more trailers, though, to be honest. So if they release another, don't expect me to react to that. Because while I don't think this one showed too much, I expect that the next one will. Uh, in particular, the scene I'm most excited about is the flashback scene. I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to see it before uh, I see it in the movie. So, again... I don't trust them to keep it a secret. I don't think they keep much a secret. So uh, for now, I'm going to be you know, checking out on that. Big picture takeaway, I think it's going to be a badass movie. I think it's going to double down on badass Michael. I have more realistic expectations. Uh, I've grown to like Halloween 2018 more because I can, you know, I can deal with it on its own terms. And I can see it as what it is and not as what I wanted it to be. Uh, and, you know, this one... I think I have a sense of what it's going to be, and it may not be exactly what I wish somebody would do with the franchise, but that's cool. I think this is going to be a fun ride. Uh, I hope it will be an IMAX. I saw Dave McRae was talking about that yesterday. I hope it will be an IMAX. We'll see, uh, but I'll try to watch it on the biggest screen I can, and you know, I think that will make that one-year delay so worth it. Sorry, I know we all, you know, a lot of people were disappointed about the video on demand thing last year. I think it's time for us to go see this movie in a theater. Uh, again, can't wait to talk about some stuff uh, as we move through the summer here. Sorry for my delay. Um, you know, I, I do have some episode ideas that I want to be getting back to as I can. So, uh, you know, I will be coming back for those of you who are still listening, uh, continuing to produce content. Uh, on you know on a schedule that that works for me as as we go through uh, just a, a rather eventful year. But uh, for those who are still listening, thank you guys for even caring and continue uh, continuing to to listen. Um, and you know I I hope to be back with you soon, uh, talking about some good Halloween content. Uh, I'm thinking I want to do you know a, just a nice simple episode on the possibility of a Halloween animated universe which I've really been thinking about now for honestly, like how long has it been? Maybe a year um, since, since that idea was, was brought up. So I want to get back to that. And I also realized that, you know, I, I said that I would do a ranking of the soundtrack. So I want to get back to doing some stuff like that. And, uh, you know, here in the summer, as, as I have a little more time, um, you know, I still have a summer job, but as, as I have a little more time, um, you know, hopefully we can get to that content. All right, guys, thank you again. Halloween Kills, it's going to be great. Keep, uh, you know, keep your eyes open for uh, any new cool details coming out, but not spoilers. I don't want to hear anything about that. Uh, any, any comments, any suggestions, anything like that you want to hear me talk about, reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you soon here on the Haddonfield Report.